Welcome to Dudes of Beers Podcast, episode 33. I am Joe. Joining me are my co-hosts, Matt. Hello. And Darren. That's me. The video version can be found on Facebook and YouTube. The audio version can be found on all major podcasting platforms. Please visit thewbshow.com for all of our links. On this show, we'll be talking about the LG 325-inch 8K Direct View LED TV. Rivian produces the first production R1T. That's going to a customer, I hope. <laughs> the first flight of the Rolls-Royce Electric Spirit of Innovation aircraft. The Fairing Pioneer vehicle claims 4,000 miles of range. And GM reveals new Altium EV motors. Some exciting news. Mr. Darren. What? What do you mean, what? Ten years marriage today. Ten years, you old man. Yeah. A decade with the same decade. lady. Yep, she's stuck with me now. Yeah, it's too, she's uh it's too expensive now. You can't get rid of her. Yeah, that's uh that's a big one. Congratulations, that's a big one. And uh, you're gonna be doing a pretty cool thing next week. So yep. I'm sure you'll have a lot to talk about when you get back from your yes. trip. So where are you guys going? Alaska, Fairbanks to be. Uh, I'd say isn't Alaska kind of big? Alaska's very huge. Actually, is it though? Like, if you did that whole map thing that people do on so, TikTok, and like, and you moved it to the U.S. No, so, so if you take it was all of Texas, all of California, all of Wyoming, and there was another, uh, there was another state altogether is is Alaska. Wow. Where does what? it rank? Where does it rank, like size wise? I don't know. Do you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's up, it's huge. I mean, it, I know it's got to be like well, what? Just big, just just to put this in in perspective. The Denali National Park that is outside, to like two hours away from Fairbanks, we're going to go there, okay? It is 600 million acres. That park, just that that little park is 600 million acres. It's crazy. And they only have a road what? that goes 93 miles into it. Six million Bam. acres. And then it's just back roads and stuff, trails? No. So they got so it goes ninety two miles in the road does. Now this puts this in perspective. That only gets you a quarter of the way into the park. Mm. Is that a paved road ninety two miles? Uh, in? So, so the first, I can't remember if it's like the first twenty or so is paved, and everything else is uh, a gravel. But basically, there's times of the year that you can only go in like fifteen miles, and then you have to take the bus. <laughs> Which none of that stuff will be open when we're there because they already have, you know, a foot of snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but right now, I, I checked it today, you can go in like 33 miles right now. Okay. And then when you go in, what, what do you do? There's you different, turn there's around, different come spots. Back? No, there's different things to stop and look at. There's different mm-hmm. trails. Uh, I actually downloaded the mm-hmm. National Parks app. Oh, okay. Um, so it's it's a free download on, on Apple or uh, Google Play Store, and basically you pull up any um, national park and you can get all the information about it, all the numbers to call. Like uh, being out in Alaska where we're going to be is going to be out past cell service. So these stops, even if they're not open, they have cell uh, repeaters there oh, so okay. that you can call the call the ranger if you need help or mm. something because the the big thing about Denali if you go on to, to YouTube or anything and, and check out some of the videos they 
want you to go off the beaten path. They don't want you to take the 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 path that they curve. They want you to climb up the shale rock that that slides and stuff because it's 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 an Alaskan adventure. I mean, mm. just think about back in the olden days when they were up there gold mining and stuff. They had covered wagons and they were crossing this terrain and that. You know, I mean, just mm-hmm. just unfathomable. You know, if I can't get to, to Louisville in two and a half hours, I'm mad because, <laughs> you know, that's a six-day trip on horse and buggy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm looking Six forward days, to Six days, huh? Well, I'm just estimating, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to pictures and <laughs> yeah, I can't, snaps and video I can't wait and stuff when you get back. It's gonna be cool. the, you taking the drone? Yeah, I'm taking the drone. Uh, but I cannot fly it in the national park, right. which is not a big deal. But uh, hopefully... The weather forecast, the first three or four days we're going to be there is sunny or partly sunny. So it should be pretty good. And then it looks like every night that that we're there, the the clouds are supposed to clear in the evening. So, be able to get some so we'll, <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to get to see the Aurora Borealis because that's the main reason we're going. Yeah, I hope so. So, cool. I mean, you're, you're there long enough, I hope, you get to see it too. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. Uh, Five days and six nights because we're we're leaving on that six night in a red eye, coming back. So what would be cool is if when we're flying in because mm-hmm. we'll be flying in at dark, mm-hmm. if we can see the aurora, and then when we're leaving, see the aurora. And think about that, yeah, because that would be just pretty cool to have just that different perspective of of way up in the sky and seeing the the sky awake at night. But I'm just I'm I'm really 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 excited just to see all the stars. Being as remote, no light pollution. Being um, able to see, hopefully, like the Milky Way and stuff. Right. Like we can't, we can't really see that around here. Right. And and you know, I just hope uh, I can get my uh, camera settings right to absolutely just you know be able to take in all the light I need to get get a, a good pictures and stuff. That's cool. What are we drinking? What you got? PBR. No PBR. What about you, Matt? A little old fashioned with some Buffalo Trace. Nice. I started off, I actually had a mule, ginger mule, for uh, right when you guys got here. And then now I have a Trogues Brewing, which they're out of uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. This is their Hop Cyclone. It's a hazy double IPA, um, and it is 9%. Mm. The cool, I like how they put on here, like, it says once a year, so you know, like, if stuff is made year-round, and they put the hop profile, which is... Citra, Sabro, Simcoe, and Sultana. Hmm. And then they put the malts, which is Pilsner, Wheat, Vienna, and then unmalted wheat. And then uh, and it says serve in a chalice, which I thought was pretty cool. So, yep, not too far from us in, P- in uh, Hershey, PA. Um, we get a lot of their beers around here. Mm-hmm. And then Matt brought a uh, pretty cool... You said you've had this in your, your, your cellar, really, for the last, what, three, four years? Three years. Um, and this is, you want to talk about that one? Because you probably know more about it since you brought it. It's been in my fridge for three years. Oh, I know, of but... course, I forgot about it. But I remember when I was like really, really big into craft beer. Not that I'm not now, but like big, big, big. The Expedition Stout from Bell's. So it's a bourbon barrel aged Expedition Stout. Um, what's this? 13.4%. Um, <laughs> so speaking of f- forgetting you had things 
in the cellar or in the fridge or whatever. Did you see some of my Snapchats mm-hmm. when I was actually un- unpacking stuff and putting it up in the bar? I mean, I found Zimas. Zimas? Yeah, from like three years ago. Remember when they let them out for just like the one summer? Mm-hmm. I, I found three Zimas. Those can't be drinkable. Still. I'll drink can't. them. I don't care. Who cares? That is crazy. Oh. They're just a... Uh, oh, just yeah, malt they, liquor. They, re- they, re- they right. re-released them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and then I have... Uh, let me pull it up here. I need to go back and look. So this is... Um, uh, it's a... Uh, I always want to say how it's Howler, right? Crowler. Crowler. Just think can. I know. Crowler. So this is a Crowler from our local bottle shop that we have, BC's Bottle Lodge. Um, this is uh, Mining Solitude from Darkness by Orpheus Brewing. Um, and they, it's a 12.9%. Be careful, you're dripping water they, yeah, everywhere. Um, 12.9%. Let me hand that to you, Ben. And it is a, I believe, a barrel-aged stout. Let me come on, click it, untapped. It's a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with coconut and macadamia nut. And it's really tasty. So I, I wanted to, I had had it when I was there um, last weekend. And I'm and it, it, usually these things, they get tapped. And not, like if you don't go back and within a couple of days, they're gone. So I had him give me a uh, crowler of it so that we could uh, so try the, it. So they out. only get like six six barrel in and stuff. I believe stuff. so. Yeah, there's not many check-ins of this. No, it's uh, two hundred forty-five. Only two hundred thirty-three unique. Yeah. Um, and hmm. like I said, twelve point nine percent. Um, what is going on here? That is uh, <laughs> that is Microsoft Edge trying to impede on our. Uh-huh. Our little party, but Orpheus is out of. That's what I was trying to look at. Where are they? Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, wow. Atlanta, Georgia, and they're a microbrewery, so they're pretty, pretty small mm. still. But um, I thought it was pretty tasty, so I wanted to give it a let you guys try it out too. And then Matt brings some stuff that he's been uh, hiding in his house, and it's like, so now we got these. Uh, we got some pretty. Both of these stouts are going to. Well, I should have brought that ABV. I would have known that. Oh, my God. I'll let you uh, open and pour that one up first, Matt, since it's the smaller of the two. And then, uh, what what year was that, Esther's, you found or still had or uh, whatever? 19 or 18? I think it was 18 because it was the cream. It was <coughs> yeah, the cr- chocolate. It was an 18. Remember, because we went to the release and they had that cream, that Esther's cream fountain, and you could just dip chocolate into it. Yep. Pre-COVID. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That oh, was, uh, pre-COVID. That that one, that was the cream. Yeah, that, I, yeah. I, that one was actually pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, what was the one that you had in your barn for like three years, like through the seasons and everything? And we drank it last year, the, earlier this year. Was uh, it just that uh, Lagunitas CB- Cappuccino? It was a CBS. No, it was a CBS. Oh, it was so a twenty eighteen CBS. So it sat in your barn for like three years, right? Uh-huh. So through the winter, through the summer, like the 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 freeze thaw cycles, like the temperature swings, and it was good. It was, it was so good. You guys got mad at me. You're like, that's probably ruined now. And I was like, let's it was open not, it. It was not. <laughs> you still have a few other beers in there. Uh, there's a uh, what the the Smithwicks, the chocolate. Porter they have, and then I have, what is that other one that's down there? I think that one might be, I just said the Lagunitas Cappuccino style. The, I think that's yeah. what that one is. I don't know how well, cool. I don't know how well it's going to hold up. 
Really? Um, <laughs> so got that lined up. We'll, we'll have we'll drink those throughout. Um, what have you been up to since last podcast? I uh, got most of my bar finished, so that turned out pretty good. I'm going to do a. I think we finally figured out what we want to do for the top of the main bar because we just did stock countertops for the lower bar. Yeah. And uh, so I think we're going to do some uh, real thin tile, like the octagon or like a honeycomb shaped. And oh, yeah, like yeah. a black and, and, and like a chrome or a stainless mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, that we, good. Were, we were going to go out to Lowe's today or, or one of the places, one of the big box stores, and look through some today, but we ran out of time. But uh, I think we're just going to do that, and then I want to epoxy over top of it. Oh, instead of grout? Instead of grout. That way that way it gives – because when – I mean, you know – Because you painted it black underneath yeah, already, it, right? It, yeah, it's, it's, it's a flat black or matte black, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, until we poured – like, we burnt this. Mm-hmm. Until we poured the epoxy on, it didn't give it that depth. Popped it. And that, that – So are you – are you going um, to – are you just going to lay the tile and then I, pour it? Or are I you think, gonna put it I think I'm just going to – uh, do a little bit of constructive adhesive just to hold it down. Uh, I'll probably have to take, because most of the tiles have the white mesh behind them, oh. and I'll probably take all the tile off the mesh and, and then hand lay it. Mm-hmm. Be depending on what size you get, I guess. It'll... Yeah, well, everything we're looking at is, you know, size of a, like a quarter mm-hmm. or a half dollar, so. What if you flipped it over and spray painted it black on the back? Well, because then you're not. Gonna, it's you're not going to be on both sides. But you're still going to yeah, see on take, the end. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to spray paint it without taping everything off, which right. would take forever. It'd take longer than just cutting them off. Right. Yeah. You. You. I wish they would. Yeah. If you could find something they made with uh, that that uh, whatever the thing that holds them together. If the it was black a, a dark color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm still. Or you could just you could grout it black and then epoxy over that. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. So where, that'll, that'll where do you think good. you're at with that? Ninety percent done, eighty percent done. Uh, with the 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 floors done, uh, I have to do trim. I got to get carpet on the stairs, because uh, you know most people you have install carpet, they just never show up. Mm. Uh, it's just a normal mm. carpet thing. Every time I have to have carpet laid, because I just I don't want to do it. I don't have time to do it. You know, I mean, if you don't have all the special tools and you don't do it a lot, it's much more difficult than somebody who has that does it all the time. Right, especially on stairs because I yeah. want to wrap. I want to wrap my the sides of my stairs oh, okay. too, and I could I could lay the carpet going down the stairs. That's mm-hmm. not a problem because all it is is you know you take your your brad nailer with um your U shape yep. staples or whatever the little little staples and you tuck it and staple it and tuck it and staple it and that's easy but cutting all the different angles to keep it tucked in mm. on the side i just i just yeah. i don't want to mess with it i don't blame you so Damn. that's a bummer they didn't show up yeah was that supposed to be what yesterday mm-hmm. well, it's supposed to be wednesday oh wednesday yeah never called you or nothing uh just responded today sorry it's been crazy blah 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 after three messages and it's just like uh, uh <laughs> and honestly, right now, all I care about is leaving for Alaska. So yeah, you worry about when you get yeah. back. Cool. I mean, it's been six years, so I think it can wait a little bit longer. <laughs> Another couple of weeks. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Anything uh, cool? No nope. podcast. Nope. No? Nothing. I like it that way. 
steady. Yeah, so I think um, during the last podcast I talked about that, uh, I don't know if I, did we talk about that I was going to get my car tinted and stuff? Nope. I don't remember. So uh, the Monday after the last podcast, so it's been almost uh, a little over two weeks now, um, I uh, took my Model 3 in um, and got the uh, all the windows tinted with the ceramic tint, which helps with like uh, not only UV, but it helps keep the heat out as well. Um, and then I had a, uh, a full uh, wrap with the Expel Stealth uh, paint protection film, so it gave it like a matte finish. And then on top of that, they did a uh, ceramic coating, the whole car ceramic coating, all the glass, all the plastic. They took the wheels off and ceramic coated the wheels front and back, the calipers, um, all that stuff. So, um, and um, throw up a picture of it here real quick. So this is uh, what it looks like, the finished project. Project, uh, I guess, and then um, yeah, so it's got like a little like a matte finish to it now, like a satin matte finish instead of the uh, it's the, sexy. the <laughs> super super shiny. And then I also had um, some blacked out badges, so they took the chrome ones off, and then when they put everything back on, I had you, the blacked out badges. You need put to on put there. the uh, the rain picture on there when it's sitting in the rain. Oh yeah, I think I the, uh, see the reflection a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Love that one. I mean, that's just that's like if if you could go in and edit out the UFO yeah. and the, <laughs> the and the like bells over something. there, uh, yeah, that would be like a, a a great magazine picture. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I love how it turned out. I like I like the uh, the blacked out badge. So I mean, the only thing that wasn't already blacked out on it when I got it from Tesla was the badges. So it's silly that they don't do that when that oh, when they black I'm, out everything. I'm sure else, there's so. enough people that have complained that. Maybe they'll do you it know, eventually. Not the next one, but the one after that will just come We're just all having a, blacked out. Have as an option at least. But uh, yeah, so the sides, I think I got a, I don't remember what the percentage of the tent was, but the windshield and the, and everything was the lightest one they have, what, like probably 10%? Um, or is it 90 90%. 90%. 90%. 10% yeah. you wouldn't be. It's the lightest one they have. I mean, it's basically almost clear, and it's basically just to block the heat and the UV and stuff. So um and the cool thing is, is he's got a 60-inch roll, so he can do that whole back half in one piece where a lot of places they do either piece it together or they just don't do it. Um, and then the sides are, I think the sides are 50. Does that sound right? What were yours? 20. 20? Yep. I don't think I went as dark as yours. Nope. I think mine's are 50. Still looks really good, yeah, though. Yeah, looks really right. good. And it's funny because, like, when I back into the garage now, I have to uh, roll my windows down at night because I can't see out the mirrors enough. Yeah, um, it does not have very bright reverse lights, I don't yeah, feel. it doesn't. At least my Y doesn't. Well, my truck that I put that big light bar on the back that does brake light, turn signal, hazard lights, stuff like that, it has an all-white reverse light. Oh, and, nice. And, the and, one underneath the tailgate? Yeah. Oh, and sweet. now still still with my windows tinted as dark as mine are, I, if it's raining, I have to roll my window down the back end because just, I just can't see. Even with all that extra light, yeah, I'm not going up to back in. I just, I, I tried. Nope. Even Elizabeth <laughs> backs in. I, you're, you're your garage is a lot bigger than mine, though. Oh come on yeah, now! It it's is. only, it's a tiny garage. Yeah, I do have a tiny garage. Oh, no, my mine is nope. a tiny. No, it's <laughs> not tiny. You have the biggest <laughs> garage out of everybody else. No, yours is bigger because you got three bays. Yours is deeper. Yeah, deeper, and deeper. deeper and a little bit wider. Yeah. From LG, they announced uh, recently 
whole new lineup of, of, of TVs. They're, they're calling them direct view LED TVs, but they're large format. <laughs> the, uh, the biggest one being a, a 8K Ultra HD, 325 inches. So you can see it here. Like, you know, these are like the, the speakers, if you will, in this house. I mean, it's just, it's, it's humongous, but they were, they were all the way, what, from like 135 or 125 all the way up to this. Mm -hmm. So there was a bunch of different uh, size ranges. Um, but they're, they're not projectors, they're direct view. So that means they're, you know, there's actually a panel LED, they're LED panels. Um, and they piece them together. Like it's not in this document, but that video you sent, there was a Matt sent a Snapchat earlier. Did you see that one? Yeah. The TikTok or yeah. Snapchat, TikTok, it, yes. Um, it's all the same. Social media. But it, they and and there's a picture of it. But they come in this shipping crate, like a like a roadie crate. Yeah, if that you thing want. was awesome. And so that like if you need to move this thing or or move it around or just when it's delivered, it comes in this you know very uh, sturdy well, and for um, for thirty for thirty grand, I think you. Should, yeah, yeah, I don't know how much this one is, but I don't. I think it's, it's this one's thirty. Grand. This one is. I thought no. this was more than that. I think that hundred is this the hundred grand. I don't know. It, it doesn't say in I'm this PDF. But. Pretty sure this is the one that the thirty grand. They didn't is think the they had a price on install this yeah. setup in like yeah, I didn't, two years. I didn't of see service. Uh, oh. any thirty grand. Yeah, the stuff I looked at, I did not see a price listed. Yeah. I know they compared it to the uh, was it the uh, the, the Sam is, the is that Samsung the wall yep. wasn't it? And that one's like a hundred grand, I think. But they didn't say how much this one was, so I'm not sure. Being LG, I'm sure it's up way north of a hundred thousand. Yeah, because yeah, life's good. It says the uh, you know this 8K display is perfect choice for businesses looking to create a larger than life atmosphere, <laughs> thanks to the incredible 8K display with a massive 325 inch screen. Yeah, it's it's uh it's got a bunch of specs, but I'll, I'll talk about that here in a second. But but if you scroll back up to the actual uh, screen, if I was going to be displaying that. I wouldn't have those speakers sitting there because if you have enough money to put a TV up like that, oh, like your, your, wall, your you speakers would be in the wall or hidden. Yeah. Like um, I think they did it to try to show the scale, but then they've got these huge freaking plants. Like what they should have, it would have been better if they put a person yeah. standing in front of it to show the scale. Well, kind of I mean, like that, that, that screen I, uh, yeah, I did the video on because those those are probably these speakers are probably three and a half four feet tall. Oh yeah, easy. Mm -hmm. So if you put like a regular person in front of this, it'd be well, almost that like probably yeah, is a regular. This is person. probably pretty close <laughs> to the scale right here. But um, if you if you go down to the specs, so it's twenty seven feet diagonal. Okay, so three hundred twenty five inches. The blow up. TV or the blow up movie yeah, theaters can that's that thirty. That one's thirty. So this is almost as big as that. That's pretty crazy. That's thirty, and we cannot blow it up anywhere at work inside. There's just no not enough room. There's not enough room inside. Yeah, I mean, who, like I said, this is probably more for businesses, but they show it in this house. But this house is not like a normal house you're going to see anywhere. Well, especially yeah. with its, most its people, height being 13, almost thirteen three. and a half feet yeah. tall. Yeah, most people aren't going to have Jeez. the ceiling height to put something like that. You know, but what would be cool is if uh, if you actually designed your house to have a. If wonder if they can make oh, like that a, like a where like an Omnimax or something like that. <laughs> that would be cool, but it's uh oh, it's seventy six awesome. seventy six eighty by forty three twenty resolution, 
0.93 millimeter dot pixel pitch, not dot pitch, sorry. So that's pretty small for yeah. this big of a TV. Mm-hmm. It says the minimum viewing distance is five to six feet, which that's like probably what most people sit from the, their, you know, 65, 70 inch TV, which is, re- which is crazy that if you can't see the dot pitch or the pixel pitch being that close, I'd be impressed. Like I would want to see one of these. Hopefully one day we'll see one in like, you know, Vegas or some convention or something, but uh, 1200 nits, which I guess that's uh, pretty good for a TV, isn't it? That's, that's pretty good yeah. for something that big. Um, 12 by 12. Uh, I don't know what, if that means that's the size of the panels. I don't know if it's 12 by 12 inches. I don't know. I don't know what that means. It just says one total panel. So it's probably 12 yeah. by 12 inches. That's what I'm thinking is. Put together. Yeah. Like, so one foot by one foot. And then they've got to put. Yeah. That 20, that, some of them, 23 of them. Does it come by? Four, 13 of them. I wonder if it comes with that install tool where you have I would to hope so, yeah. have that install tool to install. It's yeah. probably it. part of the 30 grand you got to pay and you don't get mm-hmm. to have it. It's IP20. Well, who's going to get something like that wet? Well, it's it's got an impact resistant coating uh, okay. on it. So like if it gets if it's like somebody does hit it or something like I don't know if a kid kicks a ball at it or something because <laughs> you know, good chance something's going to hit it being that big. It it, it can take a little bit of uh little bit of a force it says it weighs 2222 pounds like you're gonna need a pretty solid wall to, to, to hold that dude these up. last two stats are ridiculous yeah, yeah. <laughs> sixteen thousand five hundred and sixty watts max power draw <laughs> and then fifty six thousand five hundred and ninety two btus an hour you like, can heat your house with this thing like that's that's what i was gonna ask like how many btus is like a like a home furnace Probably like 150, 200,000. That's crazy. Just depending on what, what size your house is. Yeah. that's. I, I thought that was pretty crazy. That, put, that puts off some heat. Yeah. Good and then um, it's pi- powered by their new A7. So is that the is that the same one? Are they, are they using that chip in their phones too? Like an, the A something? Uh, or is it? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. It's in their new wonder, OLEDs though. Yeah. I wonder how, how big that actual chip is. Um, so it can recognize and analyze the content and optimize it. For clarity and sharpness, um, it also works in, pro- in parallel with an image sensor to optimize the brightness level, depending on the ambient light conditions. So, um, you know, it's full black. It has a full black coating technology to deliver deeper black levels than conventional LED TVs, which is good because not being an OLED, you know, that's probably one thing you would notice. It's not that as deep a black as like an OLED, but mm-hmm. I um, wonder, I wonder what the new, the micro LEDs that are coming uh, yeah, out. I don't, I, th- I don't, how remember. that's going to compare to the OLEDs. Mine's I think pretty they're pretty close. close. Is your, t- yours is the, mi- you, yours is the micro, right? Yes. Your TCO. My TCO is micro and it blows me away still. And it has a 150,000 to one contrast ratio, which is pretty, pretty cool. And then HDR 10 pro, um, which is LG's HDR uh, processing, their take on the HDR10. They probably just add some little something to it or whatever. But, uh, yeah, they just kind of go into 160-degree um, viewing angle. That's um, pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Oh, here it is. So several coated film layers help protect the LED chips from dust, static electricity, or physical impact. This rugged design also reduces glare and fingerprints. So everything I saw on that A7 was all talking about TVs. Okay. So I don't know if they have like probably too power hungry to be in a phone. Yeah. A, well, that the all, what's out now is the A7 Gen Four. Mm. So this is probably the fourth gen, also. 
And they I may have think. more than one too. Right. It didn't really say. So maybe I don't know. Heck, even each panel may have one. Who knows? Or each like grid or array or whatever they call it. So um and it, it does talk about it. this also features their four K UHD LED controller module. Oh, I didn't see that. Um and it has three point six gigs of memory and Wi Fi for screen sharing. It's Creston compatible. Yeah, yeah. It I better be for that much money. I would I wonder if it's control four compatible also. No. I don't know. I like Control 4's set up better than Crestron because Crestron, well, I understand because this is, you know, more for the commercial commercial aspect because yeah. that's what Crestron is. I mean, any of the big amphitheaters and stuff you go into that are all automated are pretty that much controlled hmm. by something like that. Here's a picture of the case. So it's an ATA certified flight case. Um, that's, you know, it's a premium case that it comes in. Um, it's a highly protective case, custom packaging, ensure that your systems ri- system arrives without issue. Crazy. Um, that's a small one. Yeah, and this is the 136 inch. So, which I'm so assuming it's it, maybe there's several of these for the 325. I don't know. Well, I mean, because if it weighs 200 or 2,222 pounds, I don't think they would be able to fit all that in one of one of these. No, because that probably have to come. That in case several. would be as big as the back of a dump truck. Because it looks like it's the same technology, and they, they can just scale it up to 325 inches. So maybe you would just get two of these. With different framework in yeah. it, yeah. I don't know. You just link it together differently. And then they talk about the warranty, um, five-year extended premium warranty, three years of total of LG Total Care with health checks, uh, three-year subscription to their connected care system software, um, and then they have optional like white glove services for replacement and things like that. Um, it says it ships complete to simplify system setup. That's crazy. Um, they include 5% additional spare parts. So they must have some like extra, uh, some of those extra panels and stuff in case you get one that gets damaged or something that can be replaced. Or if you got a couple. Yeah. Including modules, out. receiving cards, power supplies, and hub boards. So there must be a bunch of like, I wonder how many power supplies are in that thing then. There has well, to be. I mean, there has to be one per panel, right? Because and yeah, or or at least one per like array sec- of panels uh, or something. Maybe. I don't know. It, it didn't how really many get how many that. watts did it say it pulled? Sixteen thousand and five hundred and something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it says to get acquainted with the ins and outs of your home cinema display, LG will provide on location training by a certified field engineer <laughs> slash trainer. I guess if you're spending that much for one of these TVs. That would that would make sense. So. I don't know. It's pretty cool. I, you know, hopefully one day we'll uh, we'll be able to get to see one somewhere on on display, at like some kind of you know, probably some convention center or some. Like I would think in like a like a, the Duke Energy, like when they do some of these shows and stuff. Because if the, being a, like that, these can be portable. Like you could ship them around, and you could have companies that buy them to do like their presentations and stuff with. I guess, but Ooh. pretty cool. But yeah, It'd be an it's, investment. It's crazy. From TechCrunch.com. Uh, Rivian tweeted that their first production R1T electric pickup truck has rolled off the line. So it, this is supposedly going to be the uh, the first one that gets delivered to a customer. We just don't know. They didn't say who that customer was going to be. So. I mean, shouldn't the, the, the picture show it like with – Stuff behind it, yeah, like the, from the line. That's just they. That's just a, they probably pulled that from their their press. But if you look down here, here's the actual. Uh, so what I'll do is um I'll pull up that tweet. We can actually blow those up a little bit. But um, okay, okay. Let me see. I 
I think that should have been the yeah, but the, the headline photo. Not it, just but it's it's re, it's really just it's it, it's RJ um, so RJ uh, Scaringe, who's the uh, the CEO and I guess you know really the primary founder. Um, it was it was just a tweet, so this is all based off of that. So they kind of fluffed it up a little bit, I think, just to give it a little more body. But basically, um, yeah. So it says, uh, you know, it was one of the blue Rivians. Mm. It rolled off the assembly line Tuesday morning, which was this past Tuesday. So what was that? Uh, the twenty second second of uh, September, um, and it was in from the factory in Normal, Illinois, making a uh, marking a milestone of more than a decade in the making for the automaker and its founder CEO R.J. Scringe. Yeah, but but hold on, but for like the first four or five years, they didn't even go public at all. Yeah, they're right. So they were they were completely yeah underground. yeah. And it talks about that. Right. So yeah, it says the. Um, they started in 2009 as mainstream motors before adopting the Rivian name two years two years later, um, and then they've had a ton of backing and, and raised a ton of money. I think over 10 billion at this point. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and then you know today they tweeted about the first production one rolling off the line, um, which was from RJ. Let me see if I can get a better a better. Uh, there we go. So here we go. So this is from the tweet. So you can see all the employees. RJ, that's in the uh, coming off the line in the truck. And Looks then, like there's another one staged up behind those people. Oh yeah, so that's yeah, a good sign. Yeah, let me. I'll show you. Yeah, look, there I mean, they're go. they're coming. I mean, now again, we we have no idea on what production numbers and things like that are going to be, but hopefully, um, hopefully, this is a good sign. They're actually going to start deliveries because they've been delayed what twice now. Yeah, this year, just I, this year. I don't think the the lighting is good enough in there. <laughs> not not bright enough. No, not bright enough. At yeah, all. I think those are I think those are his kids right there. But um, yeah, you can see all the employees standing there, um, kind of celebrating. Yeah, what we don't know is like what, who's the first customer? Is it is it an investor or is it really a, a customer? Right? Um, Shouldn't it be Bezos? I think he's more worried about the delivery vans, right? But you know, we'll see. Mm. Um, but it's cool because you know, again, it's been delayed twice this year. Um, and so they're actually like, they're actually producing something now. So, um, and it, yeah, it did say like you were mentioned, Darren, they were, uh, they were kind of obscure and, and, and like in a stealth mode for like the first, uh, I don't know, six, six years or so. Actually, it says it's a 2009, Nine, right? So eight years. Yeah. So, well, they didn't go, they didn't go, um, no one really heard of anything until they revealed the prototype. At the uh, LA Auto Show back in 2018. Yeah, I remember. I mean, because that's so, when I first first started. Yeah, so from 09 to 18, so nine years, nobody even knew who they were um, until they did that, and they yeah, raised because, um, over 10 billion dollars in the in the process in two they're, years. Because they're yeah. ten and a half billion since 2019. Yeah, and they did make what? a note down here, like like uh, they've raised ten and a half billion since 2019, not in total. Uh, <laughs> They have uh, they haven't shared the total amount, but sources have said it's around eleven billion. So it was only like another half a billion. Well, I mean, when when so Amazon still a lot, yeah, when yeah, Amazon, Amazon purchases a uh, hundred thousand delivery vans from you yep. before you're even producing anything, I mean, yep. They've expanded the normal Illinois factory, hired thousands of employees. I think it said in here they um they, have around eight thousand. Yeah, so they went from six hundred to eight thousand employees in the last. Three years. I just wonder how much Ford still has a stake in their company. I don't know. Because it didn't that, say anything about that. Because so. back, what, a couple years ago, 
you know, Amazon gave them seven hundred million as an first mm-hmm. initial investment. I think they gave them another round since then, didn't they? And then what uh, was it, Chevy? I don't remember. I think Chevy was going to give them five hundred million, yeah. and then they backed out, and then Ford stepped up and and was it Chevy or GM? It might have been GM. I it, I mean, it's pretty same, much the yeah, same. same. But yeah, I think I don't. Yeah, I think there was some. I mean, there's been some like legal, right? You know, um, inquisitions, if you will. So, yeah, we don't. A lot of that we really haven't heard of any updates on. So, we don't know really what happened. But, um, and then there was some. Uh, there was some people. There were. There was actually. I think Tesla wasn't Tesla suing them for like patent infringement. Yeah, and stuff well, like yeah, because they were uh, supposedly. They took a. They, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of people that came from Tesla that work there. They're yeah, still stealing is. tech. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, it says they have two different lines at the Illinois factory. So one for the R1T and one for the R1S. So they'll be able to make both of those there. Um, and then, but one of the lines, so one of the lines is dedicated for the R1 vehicles, both the T and the S, because they're very similar platforms. And then the other one is going to be for the commercial vans. So Amazon ordered 100,000 of those vans, and they're supposed to start deliveries, it says, in 2021. So we'll, and, and we've seen some of the pictures, the Amazon right. testing them. Um, you know, the early vans in, in several cities, including LA and San Francisco. So they're, uh, I wonder if they started making those first, um, you know, uh, because I mean, I mean, a hundred thousand of them. Yeah. But everything's still based off of the same skateboard. Yeah. Design. Same, yeah. You're right. So, yeah, same, so it's, same platform, but just different. So I mean, they have the, the platform already. So it's just a true. matter of bolting the, the different, uh, bodies on that is true. and whatever internals. I mean, <clears throat> You know, you don't need much for a delivery van. Yeah. A jump seat for when packages get more and you have to run two people, mm-hmm. kind of like UPS does. And they said that the um, the official EPA range is 314 miles for the R1T. Uh, or the, I'm sorry, the, uh, yeah, the R1T. And then it says, I think that was supposed to, it says R1T again, but I think that was supposed to be yeah, the, the, uh, the R1S. R1S is 316. So pretty close, like 315, 314 and 316, which is pretty good. Um, cuz they first when they were when they were advertising it, they said it was advertised around 300 miles. So that's good. And what do you 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 get out of yours? Mine cuz it's the performance is 315. And Matt, you get more cuz you have the long range or Yeah, supposedly rated wise, yeah. You like 320 something? 326. You just can't yeah. stop from going I think the Model 3 yeah, long range is a, like a lot three of reasons. I think the Model Three long range is like three forty-five. I think is, a, and then the S is four hundred. The new one, um, and it says the uh, this is an important moment because they're the first ones to actually get a production electric truck on the market. Whereas Ford F one F one the Ford F one fifty Lightning is going to be early next year, early spring twenty twenty two. It's going to have a targeted range of two hundred and thirty miles in the standard, but up to three hundred in the extended version. Um, we haven't got any official EPA numbers or anything like that yet. And then, of course, the Cybertruck was delayed until who knows when. 2028. Um, but <laughs> so we, who, I mean, they're first to market. So, and then I think Ford's going to be next. But they they came out in 2018. That's who? when they showed the prototypes. Yeah, prototype the auto show. Yep. Yeah, it was first one's rolling out. Then 2021. Didn't Ford just announce yeah. the Lightning? I think they've been they had been working on the Rivian, for, you know, of course, for years before they announced it. And I think Ford has been working on 
the F-150 for a while, yeah, too. Yeah, there's before probably we stuff it. that we don't see because with the chip shortage and, and everything that we know that is a huge problem right now, yeah. and Ford still stands behind their their spring of 2022, they they – they are all dead set, ready to go for spring yeah. of 2022, where, you know, Tesla keeps saying, well, you know, we're well, going to delay it more. I mean, there's a lot of people that are, you know, some of the, the Tesla Cybertruck uh, thing forums on, on Facebook. Yeah, and, people aren't happy. Pe- yeah, people and aren't the happy. Sem- I mean, and then the semi got pushed even farther and, out than and, that. So. And that's how I was with Rivian. When, when I first saw it, I was like, that is awesome. I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept dragging and dragging and dragging. And yeah. I really hope that that does not happen with uh, the F-150 because I just I got, don't think it will. Well, I got a – I got a because uh, I have Ford Pass with my uh, Ford right now. I got a uh, message the other day talking about uh, in the next probably couple months that there will be Ford – Lightnings at your dealership to go test drive. Oh, wow. and, cool. And and actually test by drive. By the end of the year, huh? Yeah, by the end of the year. Sweet. So uh, maybe I'll be able to get one mid next year or something. I yeah, mean, cool. we'll see. Yeah, because the problem is if you go and reserve a Rivian right now, you're not going to get it for two or three years because there's right. so many people ahead of you. And that and that's why I reserved. But you were really early on the Ford. Yeah, like as soon as, as soon as it opened, I put my reservation down. Yeah. But I haven't. I've only have received that one phone call, and that that's all I've, uh, I've gotten. I have I have a lot more uh, faith in Ford to deliver than. I mean, you think about it. But they, Ford also still has all of the other cars that they they've got to continue making and right. things like that. So, they but they've got the experience to do something like well, this much already, quicker than a startup. Right, and they've already you know <clears throat> saw that they cannot do what they needed to do in the plant that they have, and they've already addressed that and started, you know, making that line doubled in inside of there so they could keep up with production. That's true. Yeah, because there's whatever so, 150,000 reservations yeah. or something like that. The last time well, I've seen Yeah, there's update. more there's more than that probably now. Yeah, but, I agree. But I just I just you get all these people excited and that and that's <laughs> how the whole E V thing is. Yeah. Is oh we're excited about this, we're <clears> excited <throat> about this and it's like uh we can't deliver. I mean like lucid yeah. air. I mean what happened to them? What happened to them? <laughs> uh, what was the the uh, Lordstown? Lordstown, Lordstown uh, Badger was Badger. one, I think. I think that was the uh, Lordstown was the Badger. I mean, oh, okay. I mean, um, all all of the God, why can't I think of the names of them right now? Yeah, because we haven't heard anything about them in a while. Right, Bollinger. Bollinger. Uh, what was the one that actually looked like a cool, like a Dodge truck? Uh, I don't remember. That thing was awesome, but you know, and it wasn't and, the Polster? Was it? Polster's uh, a SUV? That's a car. Yeah, yeah. But, those are actually out, I think. Mm-hmm. But here's what it, it just—it's. I think this is why people have trouble getting on with the bandwagon of the electric, weight. because it's like, oh, we're so excited about this, we're going to introduce this, and people would adopt it and say, okay, yeah, I want to put my reservation down or. $1,000 down for this or, or, or $100 that's non-refundable with, with yeah. Tesla. And then you're sitting there and you're like... Four years later. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I just wasted I just wasted my money because I'm not hyped about it anymore. I can... Well, not right now, but, you know, last, last year, a year before, you could walk on to any dealership and buy an ICE car right then and there and, and leave in it. Yeah. But, Can't even do that now. But once they, if they can keep from overhyping and deliver, 
Yeah, you got to be a balance. I think the adoption of electric would be more. I mean, because who do you have? Tesla. Yep. And they're still dropping the ball on the the Cybertruck. the, the Cybertruck, the the sports car. Yeah, the roads. The, the roadster. You got to give them a little bit of a break. How many gigaplants are they building right now? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't care. Here's the problem: stop building gigapresses and or gigafactories and everything else, and deliver on what you say you, that you're going but, to do. Well, they got to build but, the one in Texas so that they can do the because uh, that's where the Cybertruck's going to get produced. So they got to build that one. Okay, and they have to meet the world, world demand, so that's why they have of to the do current model. But that's Berlin what, and yeah, but, China and. But they're also working with what? What did we cover last time in the last podcast? How many other companies are they working with with the the, the new battery tech, so yeah. they could they could deliver? They don't need those places, just deliver. It's not that hard. Just yeah. Just I mean, deliver. Manufacturing is hard. I mean, it is manufacturing. Of, and when you've got the supply chain issues that we're seeing, it makes it every, hard on everyone. So. And, and that's fine. But this, all this crap happened way before the sl- supply chain stuff. Oh, you mean the delays and stuff? All yeah. the delays yeah. and all the, oh, we're almost there. <laughs> yeah. And the, and I mean, it's like they just tease you along a little the, bit at a time. It's the snake I, oil salesman that just keeps going on and on. I, well, th- thankfully, everything. That Tesla said they were going to do, they have had they have done so far. There hasn't True. been anything they said they that they haven't delivered on that they said they were. So hopefully that does, that continues. You know what? I don't think any of this would be a problem if Ford didn't jack him around about his lease and he could have <laughs> got out of it and got his own Model Y. I yeah. would still feel the same though. Yeah, because I wanted a Rivian. We need the, we need we need electric trucks. I, yeah, I love I love the way the Rivian looks. I love the body style, you the size time. of it. Oh, I think the Rivian's gorgeous. Well, Elizabeth, I hope it's very successful. <laughs> Elizabeth was like, "Oh, you mean the one that looks like a Honda truck?" It does kind of, mm. but it also kind of looks like a lot of other trucks too. Like, it, it's definitely not a, like like when you see when when you see a Cybertruck, you're like, "Yeah, you know exactly what that is." Yeah. You see this, most people are probably not going to realize what it is because it looks similar to a lot of other things or similar. What it enough. reminds me of is the. Do you need a napkin? Man, they filled that full, didn't they? Um, well, let's fin- let's finish this. Okay. <laughs> so, two more things I wanted to share uh, regarding this. Um, so, Motor Trend did a uh, Rivian uh, R1T first test drive on August thirty first. That's pretty cool. Like a five and a half minute video. They go through a bunch of different things and stuff, stuff like that. The headlights are actually on. Yeah, I've it, never seen a picture um, with the headlights on. Th- it, that'll be linked down in the show notes if you want to check it out. Those and then the stadium. They're also doing a series called um, it's it's an they're it's electrifying the outdoors. It's leg one of five, which they probably have other ones up by now. This was started back on September fifteenth, and it's all also with the R one T, but they're going from Nags Head to Dalton. Um, so they're driving across they're driving across that whole area, and they're doing it in like five parts. So I watched the first one. The other, there's other ones probably up by now, but that'll be linked down below too. But it's like these guys were super like psyched, and I like how they did the um, they cut back and forth between them just talking about their expectations and what they thought was going to happen, and then actually getting ex- to experience the truck. And then they, it's it's really good. Like it's very honest. Like they give their like their true opinions about everything. Um, at least it seems they do. So I thought it was a, it was a cool video. I so. mean, they were they were bombing on it on there a was couple parts, things. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it was a pretty. But accurate... I think overall they thought it was a positive oh, yeah. experience. So yeah, check those out. They'll be down in the show notes below. From Rolls Royce, 
uh, an all-electric Spirit of Innovation, uh, all-electric plane called Spirit of Innovation, takes to the skies for the first time. So this is their new Excel uh, program. It's, it's accelerating the electrification of flight, and it's their zero-emission Spirit of Innovation aircraft, and it's expected to make a run for their record books with a target speed of 300-plus miles per hour later this year. They did the first test flight. This was back uh, September 15th when this was published. I think that's around – I don't know if that's the exact day they did the, the test flight or not, but here's a picture of it. Um, and it tires says, look flat. They do, don't they? And I wonder if they keep them low for on purpose, but it's probably a lot of weight too up front. Um, we're we're at the starting we're at the start of a new and exciting era in the future of electric aviation, building the fastest all electric plane the world has ever seen. It's estimated that over six billion people will fly annually by 2030, and more planes in the air means more emissions. Our pioneering technology will play a fundamental role in enabling the future of low carbon flight. So that that just looks like a, a single, like a single, yeah, single seat. And then uh, they have a bunch of pictures. All of these links are be in the, the show notes, but there's a they have like a photo dump out here as well. Um, and like those are pretty cool. Uh, it just looks kind of weird because the the cockpit so far back. Um, it's almost it's more towards the rear than even in the middle. So I can't wait for. Uh, one of the Red Bull guys to get a hold of one of these because it does remind you one of those, doesn't it? Well, I mean, because that one that one guy just flew through those two tunnels at like 180 mile an hour or something. What do you have, like four feet on each side of the wing uh-huh. or something for? Yeah, it's, for, yeah here's for a play. Uh, but think about it, because you'd never get any in the batteries doing all them stunts and stuff with those planes. You wouldn't get stall. Because you don't need the uh, air. Because the yeah, it's true. Because it's just electrically that's driven. A good point. Yeah. So I just wonder how long it'll take them to to in, incorporate that into their craziness they do. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty small plane. I mean it's only well, that's how person, that's how but, most of those. Small but it, planes it, it's are. you know this is my favorite picture because they show you get the propeller, the inverter, the thermal management system, auxiliary systems, the airframe. I, I thought this was pretty cool how they did that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of cool pictures. Like, I mean, I'm not going to blow or not go through them all, but it'll be in the links if you want to. You want to check it out. Um, yeah, here was like a, a test that they were doing before they built the full version. It's just crazy. Like, mm-hmm. look at that, the inverters and everything. But the cool thing is, uh, so the official press release, you know, they said that as of uh, 1456, is that BST? Was that British Standard Time? Mm-hmm. Uh, took to the skies, and I think this was on the 15th. This is when they published it, so I'm just assuming here. But it says the Spirit of Innovation aircraft, um, and it's powerful 400 kilowatt, 500 plus H, uh, HP, electric powertrain with the most power-dense battery pack ever assembled for an aircraft. Uh, this is another step towards the plane's world record attempt and other another milestone on the aviation industry's journey towards decarbonization. So this was the first test flight. It was only like 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah, but, but then they're going to do, it. yeah. But then they're going to do more and more, and then they want they're like they're going to push it to see like how far they can actually fly on so a single charge. My question is, is like the redundancy of fuses or stuff that they have to have because it's not like you can just pull off to the shoulder. You're, yeah. you're. I mean, because I've I've seen many people that. Uh, got water up into their Tesla battery pack and it blows that main fuse and it gives you limited power to pull over to the side. Mm -hmm. 
and once it shuts off, it's it's done. It needs to be towed. And I just wonder what kind of redundancy they have to have in their battery battery management system so that yeah. they can because you're flying along and you're yeah. over top of the Atlantic Ocean, further down the road, and you blow a fuse. I mean, there's no, you know. I better hope we can glide back down. I guess right. Parking or, or <laughs> you know, it's just it's just there's a lot of a. Uh, um, Unchecked boxes. Yeah, that, and I, I think that's why they're testing it, right? To figure out, you know, make sure that they have the systems in place. It being only a single in a uh, single motor, like I'm sure like commercial versions of this will be more oh, than, yeah. you know, several. Well, or, I mean like that DH, whatever. DHL plane that had the, the yeah, twin. It's, got, it's twin, right? That way hopefully it could fly on one if it had to, but I think this being more of a, a pilot of that. So the they took off from the UK Ministry of Defense's uh, Boscombe downsite, which is managed by uh, Quinetic, and flew for approximately fifteen minutes. Um, this site has has a long heritage of experimental flights, and this first flight marks the beginning of an intense flight testing phase in which we will be collecting valuable performance data on the aircraft's electrical power and propulsion systems. The Excel program, short for Accelerating the Electrification of Flight, includes key partners, YASA, the electric motor and controller manufacturer, the aviation startup ElectroFlight. The Excel team have continued to innovate while adhering to the UK government's social distancing and other health guidelines, which, you know, everybody's having to deal with right now. Um, half of the funding is coming from the Aerospace Technology Institute in partnership with the Department for Business, um, in, uh, Energy and Industry Strategy, and, and Innovate UK. Uh, in the run-up, uh, the Excel program is further evidence of the UK's position at the forefront of the zero-mission aircraft hmm. revolution. It's this is cool because Rolls-Royce. I mean, I, from what I know, and I think we were talking about this, they started off. That's what they first were doing was making aircraft engines before they made cars, right? Pretty sure. I mean, could be wrong on that, but I know they've had a long history of making. What was it back into the in, in the World Wars? Um, well, I mean, didn't Lamborghini make like? Farm tractors? tractors? Did they? Yeah. Yes. Um, Not but, maybe farm tractors, but they made tractors. They tra- tractors, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they probably did. You're probably right. Don't doubt yourself, Joe. I, I don't know for sure. So, you know, hey, this is uh, educational infotainment. <laughs> this is not, you know, we don't know everything here. We don't have a team of fact checkers behind us here, people. Um, no. so, it, so it says that... Uh, um, they're working with uh, Widerho, uh, and I'm probably butchering that, the largest regional airline in Scandinavia, to deliver an all-electric passenger aircraft to the communal market to be ready for revenue service by 2026. So that's, you know, five years from now, they're going to have a commercially available product, which is pretty cool. Um, and then they also announced in June um, their pathway to net zero carbon emissions by joining the UN Race to Zero campaign. And the spirit of innovation is in is one way in which they're helping to decarbonize the critical parts of the global economy in which we operate. They are committed to ensuring that their the new products will be compatible with net zero operation by 2030, and all our products will be compatible with net compatible with net zero by 2050. So, according to RollsRoyce.com, uh, RollsRoyce grew uh, from electrical and mechanical business and established uh, by Henley Rolls in in uh, 1884, and then he mm. built his first car in 1904. So he built the cars first then? 
Yeah. Than than playing the game later on, or does it say 1904? 1904 wow. was his first car. Cool. And then if you if you go to the um the Excel the Spirit of Innovation link and you click on this play button, there's like a, a short video. For some reason, when I played it the other day, I didn't get any sound, even though my sound was on and everything was, you know, I knew I had sound. I don't know if there was a problem with the side or maybe it was the the computer that I was on, but um, there is a video. It's like just a couple minutes long, but if you don't get any sound, you're not the only one. So, <laughs> but there is a video if you want to see it in, like, actually in action. I, I love the graphics on that. Yeah. Where it's like a circuit board style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the front, cause that, and that's where like the uh, batteries and the controller and the electric motor and everything is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Awesome. Exciting. First of many. I mean, we've already talked about some. So yeah. you got cargo, you got planes, you know, we've got the vehicles definitely. I mean, that's well underway. So. Next will be rocket ships. That'll be crazy. Mm. I don't know. That, that could be the tough one, right? Maybe, uh, I don't know about elect. I don't know. You would need a. What, what, what kind of electrical uh, That's thrust, a lot of thrust. Would you need to get off the ground? Hold on. Oh. What did we cover two podcasts ago? The fusion? Fusion. That's not electrical. That's different. It's chemical. Yeah, but, That's chemical. But the propulsion the, system. The fusion could power the electric turbines to Again. give you unlimited propulsion. Good. And your shields. I think definitely. I think there's <laughs> shields. And throw that one in there. From fairing technologies, uh, future automotive, we have the uh, the fairing uh, pioneer. Uh, so it's a modular vehicle system made for like off road type uh, adventure type, like long distance travel. It's made. It's modular so that you can swap. Everything can be swapped out and replaced and upgraded as needed. It's very lightweight. Um, and as they kind of explain in here, um, you know, born on a, out of a mission to develop a vehicle that could traverse the globe with a lighter impact, a requirement to create an expedition vehicle for polar regions that could also cruise efficiently across open deserts. We are now happy to announce the fairing, and I, I'm, I think I'm saying that right, right? Fairing, I don't know how you would say it. Pioneer is due to be launched summer of 2020, 2021, and guess what? I haven't seen it. I don't think uh, I don't think that's I missed the mark. I think they missed it a little bit there, just just a tiny bit. But um, it's fine. It's fine. It's still really cool. I, um, I just really wonder why back. they're running negative camber on their on their wheels right there. Oh yeah, it does. Or is it, it just an optical illusion of, of the way the, the way the angle of the camera is or something? Yeah. But uh, and I, I apologize ahead of time. This is a UK based company, so everything is in um, uh, uh, the metric system. <laughs> so. 7,000 kilometers of range, which I did the conversion on. I did do the conversion on that. It's about 4,300 miles, which is ridiculous. Um, 600 uh, nanometers of electric, I guess, for electric four-wheel drive. I don't know. Uh, or is that newton meters? Newton, newton meters. meters. Yep, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I bet. Uh, 1,500 kilograms of payload capacity. I did not do the conversion on that. Um, 80 kilometers silent running. So that's it can do about 50 miles of electric only. Right. Before and the rest is biodiesel, yeah, um, and then a seventy kilowatt multi fuel generator. So the so the cool thing about this is, is that it's a fully electric drivetrain, but it's the batteries are continuously recharged, and the drivetrain is driven when it needs to be by the biodiesel uh, engine. Right, but I guess by, if you by call it, it saying the multi fuel, 
I'm I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be you able well, to use something else. It's like uh, we we used to have a deuce at work, and uh, what's a deuce? So what? it was a 1942 Kaiser. So it was a six by six um, army. You guys so don't have it anymore. We still got it. Okay. Yeah, it's just it just sits because it needs tires and but that thing would start up every anytime time, right? every time. But yeah. it it is a multi fuel vehicle. And it says we'll run on anything except for aviation fuel. Oh wow! So they cannot run jet fuel through it. So but, uh, I mean, other types. you could you could so buy a diesel. You could go over here and get a bottle of 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 liquor off of here as long as it would burn. <laughs> pour away. it in there and it'd run. <laughs> That's crazy. What? Yeah. Um, well, think about it. If you're out in the middle of the desert or yeah. or wherever, I, and you're so you out think of that's fuel, what this maybe and, maybe and I get maybe doing. Probably that I mean, would be because cool. you can run on kerosene, everything. I mean, if you're in the Antarctic and stuff it's, like they're talking about in the middle of the desert, I mean, good luck finding liquor, I guess, but maybe you can find why, something. Why am I getting like Back to the Future vibes when he's <laughs> digging through the trash, putting the banana peels the and stuff, stuff in, in there. fusion reactor? <laughs> <laughs> it says the vehicle was designed and developed, designed, developed, and tested uh, from the ground up for every aspect of car, the car delivering well, util- utilitarian use. So this is your next go anywhere anytime vehicle, which allows you to explore the deserts of Africa one week and the snowdrifts of Ar- the Arctic Circle the next. The modularity of the Fairing Pioneer allows for mission specific configuration and for personal luxuries to be added or removed with ease. I mean, it just it, if you scroll back up to that picture, it mm-hmm. is just a it's a fr- yeah, it's longer, a skeleton longer and wider Jeep. That's um, it. And then yeah, there's a there's some more detail on that, but uh, I thought this was cool. Um, so it can do a 60% gradient climb, a uh, 50-degree traverse angle, so that it can go 50 degrees sideways before, I guess, in 51 it'll flip. I don't know. Um, 0.5 meters um, steep climb, so like – One and know, a half feet. Right? Yeah, so if it has a, like a really steep obstacle, it can get over that. And then a 1.4-meter waiting mm-hmm, depth, which nice. you, if you look at the picture, that's up to the doors – so what is that? Almost like four and a half feet or something. Well, and it being a diesel, it doesn't have, you know, uh, the normal electrical system like a, or well, it, it's not using spark plugs and. Right. I just like, wonder where where is the exhaust at for the the diesel. It, um, as long as you keep going, motor. it doesn't matter. Right. I just it has to exhaust that somewhere. But yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I you just can, want, I didn't see it on it. But it you could still really exhaust that. underneath the water. Yeah. It, it doesn't no, 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 matter. No, no, as I long agree. as your air intake is above. That's what I'm saying. The water yeah. Line. That's what I didn't see. Is like where's the air intake and well, where's it, the most most of the stuff that can go. Uh, it has a snorkel that usually comes up in the A pillar. Gotcha. On the outside, but Ooh, maybe it's like built right there. into the frame. That's probably it right there. That right there. See that right there? That's probably your air intake. On right there. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Right there. Um, Look at that dual shocks in the back. Yeah. And again, apologize that everything's in uh, in metric here, but um, again, the total range, uh, EV range, biodiesel. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, it only weighs. Like the curb mass, it says fifteen hundred kilograms, which I, I think I did. I did that, but I just I don't remember what it was. But it's it's super super light. Um, yeah, I think this is a rendering here of what it would look like. But uh, yeah, and they compare it to um, ICE vehicles and EVs. Yeah, so fifteen hundred kilogram for the Pioneer. A comparable ICE vehicle is twenty two sixty five, and an EV would be twenty six fifty because you had. Weight from the batteries. So it it being that light, and going through a water, 
cars float pretty oh, easy. Oh, yeah. You'd be so afraid I wonder what kind of kind of float I don't know. it would have. Um, and then if you go to, the, like, the technology part of their website, they get into the modular construction. So the cool thing is, is because everything's modular, you can replace it. Like, if you want more battery or you want more fuel or you want more storage, you can kind of swap it out and configure it as you need. Make it a 6 by 6 Right there? Oh, yeah, I see that. Um, and then... Uh, because it's it's an aluminum and it, the the frame is from aluminum and high and composite materials it said, um, and then uh, the battery system is also modular which I thought was really cool, and they're ruggedized so, like if they come out with a better battery technology a couple years after they're released they can swap them out they're lithium titanium oxide. I wonder mm. I wonder if this vehicle is going to be hardened. I don't know. Do you know what I from mean? From like a. EMP. EMP. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't say nothing about that. I mean, they're going down the utilitarian yeah. avenue on it. Basically, a uh, normal person mi- militarized vehicle. Hmm. So, but it talks about the um the battery system design. So it says a it's tailored uh, approach to power storage and energy management. It uh, features a modular high-voltage battery that is dismountable for power distribution in a campsite or a research station. By encasing each modular uh, modular battery pack in a robust, ruggedized case, we can ensure maximum possible robustness and utility. Uh, again, I you know I mentioned that it's a uh, um, it's lithium-ion chemistry is made from lithium-titanium oxide. It gives them per, per, uh, exceptional performance and, uh, over long life. And it does not degrade with repeated power cycling in the way that other batteries do and are inherently more stable. The perfect offering for the ultimate off-road, off-road vehicle. And it also talks about, um, yeah, where you got the, the, the two-wheel axle-mounted motors and all mechanical transmission uh, that created the lightest possible drivetrain configuration, either two-wheel or four-wheel, with um, the gearing provided through a combination of portal hubs and mechanical differentials. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they talk about motors and, and brake discs are mounted inboard, enhancing operation in deep snow and mud. Our best in-class e-motors were selected carefully to maintain exceptionally lightweight whilst providing exceptional power and torque characteristics. I, I learned from Chris Fix that Hummers were inboard. Were they? Rotors. Oh. Yeah. Just to keep them from being clogged up like that? I, I, I don't know. But he was <laughs> showing his new Hummer he bought a while ago and... Showed how the rotors and stuff are inboard. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, there's not think, a ton of si- think ton of information on the site. That are like, inboard like that too. Are they? The, some of the SUVs. Mm. There's not a ton of like a lot of this is rendering and things like that. But if you go to like their their story and and there's some press releases out there. But it gives me some Rivian vibes. Yeah, I mean, I just I just found it interesting. Here's, that this is a cool picture. Like this is a picture of them testing. That's pretty cool. You can see there's not a lot actually to it, it's but got it's got some thirty sevens yeah. on it. Yeah. Well, it gave me it gave me that suspicious clickbait vibe when it said over four thousand miles of 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 range. And that's because they're using that um, diesel generator, the diesel, the multi fuel diesel diesel bio biodiesel generator, and equipping it with extra um, fuel tanks to carry that much fuel. 
for that long of a distance. So it's and it not doesn't go fast either. Yeah. So it's not just that is not their stand like their standard configuration for the fuel tank and uh, everything. So those are forty four inch tires, sir. Oh, 44. And they're tie tires. It's, it's UK, I know, man. I know. Um, yeah. So the the standard configuration isn't going to get you the forty three hundred miles or whatever. If you add the extra fuel capacity, that's when you'll be able right. to get the longer range and things like that. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to actually see this in in use and to see like, can they really get that range? So, are they just coming from uh, back in our day when you got that? Uh, what was the name of that? That basically it was all the metal parts and stuff, and you could build whatever you wanted out of it. Like a kit? Yeah, no, like you know, you had Lincoln logs, which were wood, but then oh, if you upgraded, you uh, had all the metal connects. St- connects yeah. <laughs> So is this like a connects for adults? I don't know. I mean, it's it's a very cool concept. Hopefully, it's it's real and um, we actually see some. Uh, I mean, it looks like they. I mean, they had a some kind of prototype there, but mm-hmm. like if they actually do like a, a long term expedition with it to prove it out, that would be cool to see. Because I mean, this. I mean, it's well, the click, use cases are there. Click on the the register entrance. It's it just asks you to put your name and stuff. Oh, in. it doesn't have yeah. like a put no, so, so much down. And yeah, so if I go to the um the press release section, there's only one press release. Oh, okay, <laughs> and it's just basically just given more information. Kind of a lot of the stuff we already talked about. So the fairing pioneer was created by ex Ferrari and McLaren uh, McLaren F1 engineer using ingen- uh, ingenuous clean sheet thinking to create a truly fit for purpose vehicle. Um, and then it talks about it's in here somewhere. Yeah, electric only range of 50 miles. And then for longer adventures, the battery is supported by an 800cc three-cylinder range extender combustion engine powered by biodiesel. By operating consistently at its most efficient level, the engine generates power to run the motors and charge the battery in normal driving. This means the battery can cover peak demands for power, such as hill climbing, using energy reserves, which are then replenished while the vehicle is cruising, stationary, or braking. (laughs) So that's how they're getting that range is, you know, it's not just a battery-powered system. You do have that that biodiesel three-cylinder engine. Um, That's where you're getting the potential to have that super long, you know, 7,000-kilometer, 4,300-mile to range. It says right there, series production will start in the UK during the first half of 2022. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. I hope I hope it comes to fruition. It, it sounds like a very cool vehicle. Um, I mean, because you imagine like some of those shows. What are the, some of the, like the longest race and or even just like the Baja What's stuff? The Baja, and, like Baja, you could do, Baja you could do like a Baja across the freaking desert if you yeah, really but wanted if to. It's not going fast. Yeah, it's but, not really going to win. But true. But that's more about navigation and stuff too, isn't it? Some of those, some of those long, longer Baja. I don't know if you call it a Baja race at that point, but like an expedition race, I guess. But be cool. What, what was that one we watched with all the the girls? What were they driving? That was that well, the Rivian? Yeah, it was a Rivian. Yeah, yeah. Because they stopped like like they would stay overnight and in between um, uh, legs, legs or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. So GM reveals all new EV motors to power their all electric future on the Altium uh, powertrain, I guess, if you want to call it. So there's three three versions, three variants, if you will, um, and they will power the Altium-based EVs. So either in combination of the three different variants or sometimes, I think the Hummer, the, the, the higher-end one, 
is gonna ha- is gonna be in the Hummer EV. There's gonna be three of them, mm-hmm. and it's they're all gonna be the same. But then they said some other ones will use either a, va- a various uh, like a combination of different ones, or maybe you know just depending on like if it's a super small car or something, they may only use a single motor or whatever. But like here's a picture of um, the three different versions, if you will, and those are based on the kilowatt um, rating. So it says the 180-kilowatt the front drive motor, the 255-kilowatt rear and front drive motor, and a 62-kilowatt all-wheel drive assist motor are part of the Altium drive, and we've talked about the Altium system several times. Um, all three motors were calibrated in-house to ensure the highest level of performance in Altium-based EVs. They are built on a, as a scalable family, sharing design principles as well as similar tooling and manufacturing strategies. And it says, you know, they have 20 years of electrical drive systems development and more than 100 years of high-volume vehicle engineering, uh, helping GM pivot quickly from conventional vehicles to EVs. Which, you know, that's true. You know, they've had the uh, they've had the Bolt, the Volt. the Volt. They had the uh, what was the one that we talked about? The the GM, uh, the one that they scrapped. They were like the first electric car they ever made. Um, EV1. EV1. Yeah, yeah, they made the EV1. That was, yeah, that's probably where they're talking about going back 20 years or whatever. That was Um, older than that, wasn't it? It's about 20 years, I think. Maybe a little bit longer now, yeah. But it says the um, the 180 and 255 kilowatt units are permanent magnet motors, and the uh, 62 kilowatt unit is an induction motor. Uh, All are expected to offer excellent torque and power density, enabling a wide spectrum of vehicle types and performance from performance cars to work trucks. As many as three electric motors can be used in one EV. Variations of the 2022 GMC Hummer EV will feature three separate 255 kilowatt motors, yielding GM estimated output of a thousand horsepower. So, and that's how they're getting that zero to sixty in three seconds too, because they're using three of those. So motors. were they just using one up front and then two for the the single rear? I don't remember. Probably. It, I, I would I would bet it's probably two up front and one in the rear, but it could be the other way around. I just wonder where they got a, a hold of uh, Unobtainium at. Unobtainium, yeah. You've said that before, sir. I know. Um, I got to keep keep it keep it going the same. I, this is I thought I thought this was super interesting. So they talk about um, they GM engineers have also developed the software for the Alti, Altium Drive motor controllers, which uh, here's a picture of the controller here. Pretty cool. Didn't we? No, that was the the Ford breakdown. That, the Maki. That, that uh, yeah. The uh, the 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 heating. What's that guy's name? Monroe. 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 Yeah. Um, it says which is key to serving the propulsion needs of various vehicle types with a minimum set of components. These engineers, based in GM's Global Te- Technology Center in Warren, Michigan, Global Propulsion Systems in Pontiac, Michigan, and Milford Proving Ground, are part of nearly eleven thousand gm product development team members currently working in software development they have eleven thousand engineers working for their software that's crazy that seems like a lot of it does like, seem like high error probability but of, i don't know all these different people work and on it the says same stuff. it's projected to grow with software serving as a critical pillar of gm's vision of an all-electric future but they they are ha- i mean they got the volt i mean there there's there's EVs yeah. that they're using right now, so I mean that's that, a lot of that is people a lot. writing code. But yeah. they're also recalling a bunch of those. Yeah, cars that's the right battery systems because the battery systems are burning up. And it says those teams are using because of the controllers. 
that eleven thousand people have been working on. <laughs> been well, too many, too many hands in the cookie jar. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. Um, it says the team used computer-assisted and virtual engineering to move quickly, maybe too quickly, right? Uh, safely and in a cost-effective manner, while also improving vehicle controls. Uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning help determine the most efficient ways to distribute torque in three motors in a three-motor system, like in the Hummer, allowing the extremely off-road-capable vehicle to also drive comfortably on surface streets. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We're going to get a cease and desist letter for uh, G. <laughs> And it talks about the um, the, the software uh, is a key component to le- the electronic components, like the power inverter module or inverter, which converts DC voltage to the battery from the battery to the AC voltage to the to power the motor. The Hummer EV has a zero to sixty mph acceleration in a GM estimated approximate three seconds, and there in its watts to freedom mode. That's what they're calling it. Seriously. So- Dude, that's insane. <laughs> if you this thing's gonna be heavy too. Uh, right? I know. But if you if you think about this, I mean technology and the 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 code, even Tesla has proved that software is the key because Tesla's think a software about, company that think makes about cars. what you can get on your car if you pay a little bit more. Yeah. They can just go and send it to your car, and boom, you got that extra Unlock acceleration. That half a second or whatever. Right. So, you know, we're going to get to the point to where these cars are so smart, and all it takes is somebody to start hacking into to them to, to be able to turn that stuff on for you. I mean, they've been doing it with ICE vehicles forever, hacking the computers, uh, modding them, giving, you know, yeah, extra, yeah. extra air intake, the fuel. Where I think it is a little different is those ICE vehicles, they're off the grid. I think it's there's stuff built into Tesla Matt. software that they see that you've went in and unlocked the stuff Matt. without yeah, they'll be able Direct to TV and Dish Network have had black boxes for the last <laughs> thirty years. Yeah. Black but boxes. You, yeah, people they, hack um, the boxes and you can but get they, free they, TV. They will also they can send also, out updates, yeah. and then that gets broke, and then you yeah. fix it. I think if it, you hack your Tesla, they could potentially override it, or they will block you from getting future updates, which could be bad. Yeah, and they could also kick you off of superchargers. But yeah, or and or uh, um, void your warranty. I'm sure it's in there. I'm not going to. I'm not I'm, saying that it won't be done. I'm sure there is somebody out there that is smart enough. Oh, yeah. To send out a code that says, "Yep, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Everything's fine." Yeah, maybe there may be a person, but that that doesn't mean that me and you can do it. And no, be, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that I can hack a, a direct TV box. I yeah. don't have the 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 skill set. But there are people out there that will go, "Hey, for two hundred dollars, I'll do this for no, you." No, no, I get it. I, and, I don't think and, that. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think there's probably going to be that if it's not already happened. Right, could happen. But. I mean, because there, there's all these race car people that are taking a stock Tesla and stripping everything out of it, and then Just modding the the lightening it up, and then modding the. Uh, yeah, but more than code. likely, they don't care about the warranty. Right. Um, no, I think it's. I mean, well, just like with that that one guy on TikTok that is uh, building that car with the putting the Tesla that he's using the Tesla right motors and batteries yeah. and what was it project electric electric electrolytes electrolyte 
Yeah. Electrolyte. Yeah. I mean, that's. It was a charger. It's pretty that's cool. so funny because it's getting charged. By <laughs> it's such an awesome build. It um, is an awesome build. And it, it says the um, some power electronics will have as much as 50% less mass and volume than today's today's GM equivalent with as much as 25% more capability. So, like, you think about the Volt. The Volt, they're making these better um, going forward. And it says the, uh, the all-new EV motors and integrated power electronics contained within the Altium drive units will debut on the 2022 GMC Hummer EV later this year. So those that's supposed to come out before the end of the year, right? So we should start seeing that thing. What's the Beijun and Wuling brands? I've never heard of those before. I don't know. See them down there after Cadillac? Mm. I think GM owns them. Probably brands that they have in other countries. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. I'm looking forward to the uh, the competition and seeing these things actually coming out because uh, you got what the Lyric Cadillac Lyric. It's all sharp car. Is that this year or is that next year? Mm. I haven't seen. And then I Soon. think, and then I think the Hummer. I think the Cadillac, the Cadillac, the Cadillac Lyric, and the Hummer will be the first two. I thought the Hummer was going to come out before the Cadillac. That's right? what. I, yeah, I thought. And, it, and is the Cadillac using the Altium? So I know the Hummer will be the first, but I thought the Cadillac was going to use it too. Maybe not. Pretty cool. Looking forward to it. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, greatly appreciate it. If you're listening to it on your podcast platform of choice, we also greatly appreciate that. Check us out on the Tiki Talkie or on um, the Insty. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Um, and we will see you, I think, two weeks. We're good for two weeks, right? And we'll get to hear all about Darren's trip to Alaska. As long as I don't get mauled by a bear or something. <sighs> don't say that, man. Or dull sheep. Why is he got to do that? Now I'm going to be worried for the next week and a half. Darren's getting, there's a bear out there with his fingers. <laughs> I don't think it'd be like that. It'd be like crunch, crunch. <laughs> Have you seen a grizzly bear before? Not a They're pretty big. I don't want to. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Good night. See ya.